This is a Soulfire production. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited for you to hear today's episode. I am chatting with my dear friend, David Lyon. David and I connected a while back when I had set the intention to connect with other channels and specifically trance channels. This was a while back when I, you know, have been going through a lot of my own personal journey with with trance channeling and stepping into that. And I really wanted to connect with other people who channeled in that way. And I found my way to David's page and reached out and we chatted, got on a call, connected, and that's the origin story. David is a spiritual mentor, a clairvoyant, and hypnotist with over 10 years of experience in helping others overcome self-doubt, develop major confidence in their intuitive gifts, master their ability to facilitate lasting transformation in their clients' lives, and really step into mastery with their gifts. David shares a bit about his background in this episode, but he started off doing street magic and then uh, was trained as a hypnotist and went down the spiritual path and became a trance channel. And he works specifically with Thoth. He's just had such a cool journey and is one of my favorite people to chat with. He's such a light, his energy, you'll feel his energy. It's just, it's so good. He's all about magic, stepping into your magic, experiencing magic, and you will feel that frequency through this episode. And if you are a healer of any sort, probably going to want to pay extra attention to this episode. He has a really incredible new offer coming out, The Art of True Transformation. I've been chatting with him for a bit about this, and I'm just really excited for him to put this out there for the healer with any modality to really step into mastery with their gifts. And we talk a bit about what that entails and might look like and that new offering for any of you interested. And if you do want to connect further with David, you can find him on Instagram at davidlion.love. You can head to his website, which is livingmagic.life. You can search David Lyon on YouTube. That is really where originally a lot of his work blew up. He He had some videos go viral and you can see him you know, walking the streets and hypnotizing people. He has so many incredible YouTube videos. So definitely check that out as well, because I'm sure after you listen to this conversation, you're just going to want to dive into all of his content. I definitely want to have David back because I mean, I could talk to him for hours <laughs> whenever we chat. It's like, it's, it's never ending. And it was really fun to talk about some of the behind the scenes of of being a channel and trans chilling specifically, because it's, you know, a, a unique thing that I haven't had, actually, I don't think I've had any other trance channels on the podcast yet other than David. And what I love about him is he's just so real, like so, so down to earth and so magical and so embodied in his magic. So I'm excited for y'all to listen in. And without further ado, here is David Lyon. I've shared many times before that I struggled with clinical depression and really severe anxiety for so much of my life. And a lot of that just got worse as my autoimmune issues developed and I was achy, inflamed, couldn't fall asleep, couldn't stay asleep. I lost my period for four years. It was just not not a good situation. And the thing that changed my life was taking Ned full spectrum hemp oil. At the time, I 
did not buy into the CBD stuff. I thought a lot of it was BS because I knew a lot of it wasn't sourced properly. And I learned about Ned and their sourcing, got my hands on it, and it was night and day. My mental health completely shifted. I wasn't dealing with anxiety anymore. I was able to fall asleep really easily, stay asleep, sleep the whole night. My inflammation went down. I could finally put my rings on my fingers again. My joints weren't achy anymore and my hormones rebalanced and I finally got my period back. I've been using Ned's products ever since and I'm obsessed with them all. These products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. All of Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil is extracted from USDA-certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Paonia, Colorado. They are chock full of premium CBD and a full spectrum of active cannabinoids, terpenes, flavonoids, and trichomes. And I have to tell you, I am obsessed with Ned's brand new product, which has been in development for over a year. I got to actually go into HQ and kind of like smell it out as they're developing it. The de-stress blend. Oh my gosh. I'm obsessed. It's a one-to-one formula of CBD and CBG made from the world's purest full-spectrum hemp, and it features a botanical infusion of ashwagandha, cardamom, and cinnamon. CBG is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. And then we have ashwagandha, which is an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress. We have cardamom and cinnamon that taste delicious. Cinnamon is a powerful prebiotic supporting your gut health and cardamom combat stress by helping reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels. I've been taking this every morning and then in the evening I'm doing the sleep blend and their lemon mellow. It's the best magnesium on the planet. I'm just full on all of Ned's products I use every single day. They are full transparency. Ned shares third-party lab reports, who farms their products and their extraction process all right there on their website. And you feel the difference. I (laughs) cannot go without this stuff. And if you haven't gotten your hands on it, I can't recommend it enough. If you want to try the new de-stress blend from Ned, we have a special offer for you all specifically. Every order over $40 qualifies for 15% off plus a free de-stress blend sample. Just go to helloned.com slash Christina or enter Christina at checkout to take advantage of this offer. That's helloned.com, H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A to get 15% off plus a free de-stress blend sample on any order over $40. And thank you to Ned for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. So I like to start every podcast with a series of questions just to help my audience get to know you a little bit. Are you ready to jump into it? So ready. Let's go. All right. So the first, I'm actually really excited for your answers because I feel like you're not good. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. So my first question is, what is your morning ritual? How do you like to start your day? What's that like for you? That's a great question. I mean, I, I don't have like a a specific routine that I do all the time. I generally wake up and I just ask myself, what's the highest excitement of the moment? Um, which generally looks like just taking a bit of time to myself. Sometimes it's some stretches. I actually have a really unique way of doing stretches. So, you know, some people, you know, they, you know, they wake up, they do yoga, but what I do is I intentionally imagine bringing spirit into my body. Like as if I'm spirit becoming human for the first time. 
And so I like, I stretch with that kind of energy into myself, um, which is just really fun and playful and um, sometimes make myself a hot drink. And then I usually just jump into creativity. Love it. There we go. I always, I love asking, asking that because (laughs) everybody who's like a channel or an intuitive or healer, they all have, it's always like, well, I don't have a, I don't have a set routine. And then all the like entrepreneurs are like, I do this, 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 this at this time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I definitely don't have that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I find I'm uh, somewhere in the middle personally, but I love it. Cool. All right. So my next, my next question is what is a product that you're really loving right now? So it could be like a drink. It could be a food product. It could be skincare. It could be a well, you don't read books, but I mean, it could be a piece of artwork. It could be like anything physical that you're really loving. That's such a good question. Um, okay. I'm going to say two things. Yeah. One, my Nintendo, my Nintendo switch. Oh my I, God. Love it. I love playing video games. I play smash bros all the time. Oh so my God. That's like, oh, well, gee. oh yeah. My, my boys <laughs> will come over. We'll make nights out of it. That's, that's our thing. So definitely my Nintendo. And number two, I love ginger beer and there's this brand called fever tree ginger beer and that's just one of my favorite products in the world okay love it see i love asking that question because i feel like i i I get to learn something about people you know like i i wouldn't peg you as a ginger beer kind of guy but now now we know i'm jamaican (laughs) (laughs) there we go okay so next question is i actually feel like you might not be into any of this, which is totally fine, but any astrology information, human design information. I don't really know anything about any of those things. <laughs> I, f- I figure that's what you would say. So, so. I'm a Libra though. Okay. You're a Libra. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I figured I was like, he's going to be like, I don't know. <laughs> okay. And then next is, and this is the last one and we'll kind of roll into it from, from here, but what's a topic that you're really interested in right now or something you've been pondering, uh, going into like, what's been on your mind? What, what are you like thinking about exploring? Hmm. You know what? I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll answer it in this way. Cause this is what was most present in me is I was remembering or what's been resurfacing in me is a dream. My one, well, one of my biggest dreams that I've kind of, kind of tucked away and had on the back burner that I didn't realize I did so. And it actually came to me when yesterday, when I was listening to some Drake, um, I love Drake and was just this remembering of how I have this passionate desire to become a celebrity mentor. And, um, and so I was just sitting with that of like how I haven't fully been owning and honoring even just the energy of it and and exploring the inspirations and intuitions connected to it um, so that I can manifest it, you know, and part of my inspiration in that isn't so much just to be a celebrity as much as I do love, you know, the spotlight, but it's knowing that, if I'm able to impact someone like Drake or Justin Bieber's life, I impact their whole platform. And that changes, you know, things in a massive way. So that's really my inspiration. Well, I'm glad you told me that because I might be able to help facilitate some of that. So we can, we can talk. (laughs) So cool. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's, this is like not connected, but when you said that it sparked it, I just connected something we'll go back to what you were saying, but I was on my walk this morning. I had this really vivid dream last night, um, where long story short, there are all of these lions in it. And I, (laughs) on my walk, I was thinking about how throughout my life, um, like my most vivid dreams always involve lions. Like this has been an ongoing thing since I was a kid. Like, 
um, and different relationships to them. So sometimes I'm really afraid. And then other times I'm like training them and taming them and like control, <laughs> you know, it's like all these different uh, things about lions. And I was just on my walk, like thinking about like, why, why do lions always come up for me? And then I'm sitting here and then you said the word dream. And I thought, oh my God. <laughs> That's crazy. And you're talking to David Lyon. Exactly. Connected. I was like, that's so funny. I had another lion dream last night. So, um, well, speaking of Drake, can we talk about, cause you've met, you've met Drake. Yeah. So yeah. share, share that story, man. So first of all, this is super cool. I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Um, so that was a, a super cool moment. Um, so back when I was 25, I believe I'm 35 now. So back when I was 25, I was a street magician and my passion was to become the next David Blaine. Essentially. I just wanted to be super famous and blow people's minds away for the rest of my life. And one of the people who really inspired my creativity and just my path was Drake, you know, cause at the time he was on the come up. And so he was making a lot of music about his stuff with relationships and going towards success. So it just really spoke to me. And then one day when I had just finished filming a whole bunch of street magic videos, I happened to put on this song by Drake called Closer to My Dreams. It's one of my favorite tracks. You got to check it out. And I was just listening to it and the words just kept hitting all the right places. And, and inside myself, I just kind of got illuminated. And I was like, man, I'm like, I wish I could just shake his hand and say thank you for inspiring me. And in that moment, in making that request, all of a sudden, a flash of inspiration dropped into my mind, which at the moment, I didn't think of being connected to Drake. It was just an inspiration to me. But the inspiration was to take all the videos I'd been filming and to make a compilation out of it and put it out there into the world. So I did that. I acted on the inspiration, put the video out. I think it was called um, The Black David Blaine or From David Blaine to David Lyon. And that ended up going viral. Worldstar picked it up and called it The Black David Blaine. And through that, uh, there were some people in Toronto at, a, uh, at City TV who saw the video and they called me up and they just said, would you like to perform live on City TV for Christmas Eve? And I was like, yeah, of course. You know, I'd never done live TV before and I hadn't been to Toronto like that before. So I did the performance, killed it. And right after the performance, to this day, I don't know how this happened, but right after the performance, my phone rang and it was a guy named Israel who... I don't know. I don't know how he got my number. It wasn't like, <laughs> but he somehow got my number, called me up and he was like, Hey, I just saw you perform on TV. You killed it. How would you like to perform for Drake on boxing day? Which was two days late. Yeah. I was just like, you know, let me check my schedule. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was, and I was just so awe inspired. Cause this was literally within six months of making my request. And so, yeah, long story short, I got to perform for Drake and, and I had my moment, you know, like the stars aligned, literally. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, and, I, and I got to tell him like, yo, Drake, I'm like, I just want to say thank you for everything that you've done for me. You've inspired my life in ways that you don't even know. And I just wanted to show appreciation to you. And, you know, he showed me love. We said thanks. And then I got to perform for him. I'm like, yo, can I, I'm a magician. Can I do some things? And and I got to blow his mind away. I took his $20 bill, turned it into $100 and made some things levitate. And then he gave me a shout out on camera. And, um, and it was a dream come true. <laughs> oh, amazing. And you're, you're going to reconnect, right? Totally. totally. Yeah, you're going to reconnect. It's so, I've always it, felt that. Yeah. No, like it, it is. It is. 
<laughs> that's just the preview. Oh my God. I love it. Well, so I mean, I know, I know a bit about your, your background, but for people listening, can you share more about how you got into street magic and then, um, you know, like hi- hypnosis? Cause I think that journey is really interesting. Yeah, totally. So, you know, when I was in high school, I was at that stage of my life where I was trying to find my thing. Like, what's that thing that makes me special? Cause I saw that all the people who had a thing had friends, they had girlfriends, they, you know, they were cool basically. And I was kind of like the shy, awkward, insecure kid who, you know, everybody liked, but no one invited anywhere. (laughs) And so I just wanted a way of connecting with people. And in the search for my thing, at some point, I ended up stumbling on David Blaine. I was in the basement of my house and my mom was just like, David, David, turn on the TV. There's this new magician on TV. You got to check him out. And I was like, "Ah, I don't want to see. He's probably just going to try and copy David Copperfield. And she's like, no, no, you don't understand. He's doing street magic. And I'd never heard of street magic. And so I turned on the TV, saw David Blaine. And it was just this instant feeling of like, that's what I want to do. And from there, you know, synchronicity took form. And I ended up meeting a magician who taught me my first trick. And I ended up just becoming really good. And this is at at a time like before YouTube was popping. And things were very easily accessible, you know, so it was very synchronicity driven. I became a magician, um, put myself out there, started blowing people's minds away, started a YouTube channel when it first came out and started to get invited to, you know, to do gigs and to perform on different platforms. And then eventually I, in 2008, one of David Blaine's teachers actually ended up seeing my YouTube channel and reached out to me and was like, hey, you're amazing at what you do. How would you like to come to Vegas and train with me and a bunch of other magicians to take your skills to the next level? And as a bonus, you're also even gonna be learning hypnosis. And I was like, what? You know, and at the time I had no money, you know, so I had to get resourceful and make things happen. I ended up using my education fund that my grandparents put away, which was a whole story in and of itself. And went to Vegas learned magic, became a hypnotist. I I got hypnotized by a 12-year-old boy, which is pretty interesting. It was this little Bruce Lee looking kid. Um, Him and his father were the fastest hypnotists in the world, so they could hypnotize anyone in less than a second. And, And I got hypnotized by them. They dropped me into a trance, or the kid dropped me into a trance. The father came and took away my fear of spiders. And then they taught me their technique. And for whatever reason, it just came super naturally and effortlessly to me. And then I just became obsessed because this was like, it felt like a next step up to finding something that's closer to real magic, you know, because prior to that, I was doing lots of tricks and illusions and things that seemed like real magic. But this was something I was literally just using my voice and my body and my hands. And there's no real trick in that. It's not an illusion. It's real. So, so I became a hypnotist, became obsessed and, and yeah, and I used to go into the streets and to the malls and ra- up to random people and just ask if I could hypnotize them. And that's how I started to build my reputation and YouTube channel from there. And then that evolved into eventually my spiritual journey. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what's so interesting to me is like when you have talked about that contrast between like illusions, like you're being taught like tricks, right? And then moving into, oh, this is, this is real, right? Like, can you speak more to that? What that was like? You know, it's funny because I've always 
been obsessed with magic. Magic as an experience, you know. My first introduction to magic was Michael Jackson when I was a kid. It was behind me, mm. you know. And and when I say what I mean by that is, for me, he represented the feeling of magic. You know, the way he was able to just emanate and just turn his head, and people would faint and things like that. So I became obsessed with magic at a young age in terms of the feeling of it. And I guess deep down, I just always had this unconscious knowing that there was real magic out there. And I didn't know that I was seeking it, but I just knew that every time I got closer to it, I loved it. And so, you know, when I did have the opportunity to become a magician like David Blaine, I didn't know if I was going to be learning. I didn't know if that it was tricks. I thought maybe some is real magic, some is tricks. Um, a lot of it is tricks. <laughs> and, you know, during that time, like as I, you know, I, when you become a magician, what most pretty much every magician will tell you is that magic isn't real, which is kind of weird. Like, how do you call yourself a magician and then say magic isn't real? I think you should call yourself an illusionist, right? And, but that never, I never believed in that, you know, and the reason their, their justification was that because they could mimic psychic ability and things like that through trickery, that meant that's what all psychics did. Yeah. And, I, and then I was like, okay, maybe that's true sometimes, but they must've gotten the idea from something authentic. And that was my thinking, you know? And so I guess because that spark stayed alive in me, I just kept seeking further and further. So illusion led to hypnosis and then hypnosis led to experiencing, uh, I had a really very spiritual experience with hypnosis where I got to connect someone to her mom who passed away. And that was just unexpected and magical. And I'm like, okay, this is more than a party trick. And then, you know, and, and then the journey just unfolded where it was like this breadcrumb trail for me to go from being an illusionist to discovering the magic of who I truly am, you know, through spirituality so that I could pay that forward to others as well. I am so excited to announce that my new book, Manifestation Mastery, How to Shift Your Reality and Co-Create with the Universe, is officially available for purchase right now. This book is a really comprehensive guide to manifestation and how the energetics of attraction really work. It is the perfect resource if you are ready to really learn how to raise your frequency, become truly magnetic, and make manifestation your lifestyle. If you really want to understand how manifestation works, I highly recommend checking out this book. The book is a completely channeled text and is super activating. So only get your hands on it if you are ready to truly shift your life. As always, I am so grateful for all of your support during this launch. The way that this community has supported me, it truly, truly means the world. And I really couldn't have done this without you. So thank you so much for that. And as an extra thank you for anybody who leaves a review for the book on Amazon, you can submit that at manifestationmasterybook.com and get a free bonus chapter that goes along with the book that no one else has access to. So if you want to be one of the first people to get your hands on this book, Manifestation Mastery, and if you want that free bonus chapter, just head to manifestationmasterybook.com and you can find all of the information there. You can head 
went straight to Amazon to find the book as well. When you get it, be sure to tag me on social media at Christina the channel so that I can see that you're reading it. I can see which parts you are loving and I can repost you and say thank you so much for supporting me with this book. And if it does resonate with you, tell everybody you know. Let's spread the love. Let's spread the high vibes all of the manifestation magic. That is my goal with this book. So again, all information you can find at manifestationmasterybook.com. And I can't wait for you to get your hands on this. I can definitely resonate with, like, I've always felt like there was this deep thing in my body, like this knowing that like magic is real. And now for me, it was this obsession with Harry Potter, you know, from mm. a young age, like, uh, I started reading those books when I was like six and I was so obsessed with like, this, this is real. Like this isn't, it's, it makes so much sense. It can't not be real, you know? And I think that also connects with, which we'll get into later. But when I was going through my health issues, when people would just tell me like, you know, you can't heal, like, this is just what it is. And I was like, no, I I, I actually refuse to accept that because it just simply doesn't make sense to me. Like, Mm. you know, and I think that that drive, like, I'm really grateful for that inner knowing of like, there is magic, there is there are miracles, right? They're always available. Like I'm not settling for anything less than that. And like, I feel like that very much pushed me to, you know, uncovering a lot of what, what, where I'm at today and will continue to go. So I can definitely relate to that. And one of my questions is when people uh, were kind of, you know, like saw your YouTube channel, right. And it's like, you're really great at what you do. Do you feel like, like you being really great at what, what you do is because it's natural for you and very much like an alignment for you? Or do you think anybody can reach that level of skill? Oh, totally. Um, you know, something I always say is that everybody has a gift, but not everyone opens up their present. Right. You know, so there's (laughs) (laughs) tweetable, um, (laughs) you know, and, and I know that this is true for everyone because there are certain things that once we come in contact with them, it just pops open that gift. Right. And suddenly, you know, even though I may have put hours upon hours into magic and from the outside looking in, it could look like, oh, you worked really hard at that. You, you put a lot of time and effort. For me, it didn't feel like that. For me, it was obsession. You know, I was watching TV, playing with a deck of cards, eating dinner, playing with a deck of cards. It was effortless you know, cause it was so enjoyable and everyone's got that thing. Everyone's got that thing that will spark their passion and their obsession in a certain kind of way that starts to unwrap the present, the gift that's inside. And, and if you're able to find that thing, you know, through following your passions and excitements, or even simply by being passionate about discovering your passion, you, um, yeah, you'll, you'll find that thing that you can excel at and that you will be the best at, I want to, I was going to say the best in the world at, but you're literally the only one who can do things like, like you in that way. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's what, I, well, and I know, you know, you teach people how to like really step into their level of mastery. And this is something I was just with the energy healing training I'm running. We were just talking about, um, last night I was on a call and the way that I teach my energy healing, I, I was saying like, it's not like these other modalities you've learned before. Like I want you to individualize it as much as you can. Like you can use this as a template to have a foundation, but then like, like throw everything else out the door and follow your intuition because that's how it really turns on, you know? And I've, I've found clients in the past. They're like struggling for 
they're like, I know I can go deeper. And I'm like, that's, you're trying to do it the way I do it. And the way I do it is the way I do it. If you do it the way you do it, that's where all of the power turns on. <laughs> totally. You know, it's, it's, it's funny you speak on that because that was a big part of my journey, as you know. And what I've personally found is that the challenge comes in when someone is taught a modality first before they're taught their own unique mastery. Mm. Right. So let's just say you're someone who you just, you have this knack for helping people. People just come to you for advice and you recognize you're good at it, but you're not thinking about making it a career or anything like that. You just love to help. And then one day you meet a psychic who happens to say, Oh, you're designed to be a healer. And you're like, Oh, wow. You're like, Yeah, that resonates. Like, I don't even know anything about healing. And so, as much as it resonates, what can happen and what often does is now you, you could start trying to find out how to fit yourself in this box or this label of healer. And then maybe you come across something called Reiki, right? And you're like, oh, that checks off all the boxes of all the things that I do. I like to help people. Uh, she said, healer, let's go check it out. And depending on the teacher you get, you know, most of the time when people go learn something I'm a, like Reiki or whatever other modality, they're taught the modality, which is extremely helpful because you're learning the basics and fundamentals and tools and techniques that will allow you to get started. However, to go back to what I was saying is that if you're not taught your unique mastery first, by which I mean that the place within you that you can naturally create your own methods, techniques, and modalities, and very easily take things and make them your own because you know yourself that strongly, if you're not taught that first, at some point, learning a modality, you'll start to feel limited by it because you won't know how to draw outside the lines. You know, even though the teacher might say like, oh, make it your own. If you're not shown how to do that, it can, it could just feel like a hurdle. It could feel like a challenge. And mm -hmm. so I, that's where I'm, I'm super just passionate about doing it the other way around, show people their unique mastery, call that forth, get anchored in it. And then let's show you some other modalities and stuff. Mm -hmm. So what did that look like for you of getting to know your own mastery? So, <laughs> so I had a teacher, the way I got into spirituality is life brought me a mentor, which happened on 111, 2012. Of course. <laughs> yeah. And this guy was my first experience of a psychic channeler type dude, which I didn't know for sure if I believed in yet, but I was curious and he blew me away. He, you know, everything he said was super on point. And he ended up becoming my mentor and he was the catalyst to my gifts reawakening and to me all of a sudden remembering how to perceive spirit guides and read minds and do all these other things. And I loved it. You know, honestly, it, it changed my life because it taught me that there was a practicality to mysticality, that, there, that it really is, it's just a simple math. You just do this and this and you could get access. So, or remember your access. And so, through learning with him and spending five years training with him, at some point I was um, running a business called the Life Center, where life was an acronym for lessons in finding enlightenment. And I was teaching other um, coaches, psychologists, therapists, how to develop and master their spiritual gifts. And at the time, first of all, I loved it. But what I didn't realize until the middle of the program was that I was only able to teach them what I had been taught. So I, which was, 
you know, and I was very great with what I'd been taught. Like I was, I, you know, I was a master at that, so to speak, but I wasn't a true master. I wasn't in tune with my mastery. And so at some point when I got to this point of our program where there was still a couple months left, but I had used up all my tricks, I taught them everything that I knew, I got irritated. I just felt this, you know, well, one, it was just this, this humbling moment where there was a day I had to send my students home and be like, I don't know what to teach you guys here. And it was a hit to my ego. And I'm like, I just need to sit with this. And they all understood. They went home. And then I just felt really deeply irritated that I couldn't do more and that I was limited. And so I asked myself, I'm like, okay, well, now that I know for sure that these things are real spiritual gifts and abilities, how would I have discovered it if no one would have showed me? And that was the question that opened up the doors of synchronicity to where a few weeks later, I happened to be at my country house with my girlfriend at the time. And I just so happened to fall into a meditation. And in my meditation, I connected with an aspect of myself who introduced itself to me as magic. And, you know, and there's a whole story behind this, but I'm going to give you the, the Cliff Notes version here unless you want more. But I connected with my magic inside this meditation and I immediately recognized, I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, you're that part of me that I used to play with as a kid when I would play that the floor is lava or I would play with action figures and it would be super real. You know, I feel like everyone has had those experiences, whether you remembered or not. And I'm like, I missed you. I've been looking for you all my life because I miss my magical childlike world. I'm like, where did you go? And my magic was like, you abandoned me for your best friend, Danny, when you were five years old, because he thought he, he thought you were weird and you chose to fit in with him and you abandoned, you let go of me. So you wouldn't be weird anymore. And I was just like, I had no idea. I'm so sorry. I was a kid. And I'm like, I've, I've been looking for you. That was actually the reason I got into spirituality in the first place was looking for that connection again, my childlike connection. And in that connection, once, you know, at some point my magic said to open my eyes. And when I opened my eyes, this glowing golden ball of magic was still in front of me, almost like a full on hallucination, but not. And it was, it was like a fantasy. It was like a Disney movie, you know, and through interacting with my magic, I got it strengthened my vibrational resonance with it. And so things just started to come online. And then suddenly I just remembered all my natural gifts, so to speak, you know, without needing a technique or modality, it's like through the connection with my magic, all I needed to do was have interest in a certain direction and I would get the information on it. Mm. And I was like, Whoa, I'm like, what's, you know, what's our purpose? Like, what is this for? You know? And, and it was like, to make magic normal again and to wake up the magic in every single person because everyone's got a magic. And that's been my life's mission and purpose ever since has been living magic, waking up people's magic. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. I like how the chills as you were, as you were <laughs> telling, telling that story. Uh, and it just, I always tell you this, I'm like, you have like, for me, I always get like Aladdin energy, like <laughs> magic carpet ride. Like that's always what I get around you. What's funny is when I met my magic in the mm -hmm. meditation, it was in a scene from Aladdin. Well, it, there was we a, go. it was where Jasmine was on the balcony, mm -hmm. but without Jasmine, it was that, that was the scenery. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and 
I love that story, like for so many reasons, but one of the things is when people, people ask me quite often, like how I opened up my intuitive gifts and I can feel underneath the questions often. It's like looking for some specific technique I did, or, oh, if you stare at this amethyst for five hours a day, it'll just turn on. And I'm like, that wasn't, there's not one thing I can tell you because it was just my journey, like going into my journey and my daily, like getting, getting to know myself, like the higher aspects of myself, like, you know, it wasn't one thing. And then a series, like after, after time of working with that, it just kind of turned on. I didn't have to try. I didn't have to force it, you know? Um, and I, I think that it's really important. People start to understand that because I mean, that's, it's so much easier, you know, but there's not, I, I don't, I think people are looking for like one technique, like, Oh, if I just follow this five-step process, it turns on and it's a personal journey in, in my opinion. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's definitely got their unique way of coming into their gifts. Um, I've personally have found the formula that, mm-hmm. that works for people. And this is what I've been training people in when I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've told you I have, a, I have my program opening to channel where I mm-hmm. teach people these things. Um, but there is a formula. There, there is a formula that works consistently to help mm-hmm. people reconnect to their gifts. And in essence, you know, just to speak into it a little bit, you know, the foundation of the formula is an utmost devotion to your highest excitement and passions because it is the energy of passion of excitement of inspiration that nourishes and ignites our unique gifts inside of us that's what unwraps the present Mm -hmm. so that's the baseline of the formula is being willing to willing to pursue your highest passions and excitements and through that, as that naturally starts to blossom your shine and your gifts within you and starts to manifest synchronicities in your life that will continue to support your journey into your giftedness, there are different practices you can do. So for example, one that I was introduced, this is what catalyzed my awakening and that I've been using for others, is there's a very um, specific meditation technique, which basically, so it, it, it works on this principle. The majority of people as children have gone through trauma and pain, right? And a majority of those children weren't taught how to properly deal with their pain. And so at some point, not knowing what to do, they numb it out, right? You, you start to suppress your feelings and your sensitivities and you numb yourself, not realizing that at the same time, what you're doing is you're also numbing your energetic sensitivity and your intuitive senses and the things that allow you to perceive your imaginary friends, AKA spirit guides, so on and so forth. And so you forget that you did that. And then you forget that you forgot, which means you developed amnesia for it. And so what this meditation technique does, once you've been on that journey of following your passion and excitement, and you're at that boiling point, so to speak, is it's a way to re-sensitize and re-stimulate every unconscious part of you that you don't even know that you numbed out so that it literally begins to turn the lights on of your spiritual gifts. And so I use that as a process to wake people back up, so to speak. And then I just further stimulate their senses and and help them remember how to navigate in that world through other different practices. Yeah. No, I mean, that makes total sense to me. Well, what I hear in that, it's like, it's the formula, but it's still the, like, the way it's applied is individual, if that makes sense. Right. You, you see what I'm saying? Like to me, yeah. it's like, because what my passion and excitement is going to be, will look different than yours. 
Totally. Totally. Yeah. That's what, yeah, it's, it's, you know, a hundred percent that's, but that's why it's, you know, it's, it's the essence yeah. know, as opposed to, you know, do this. It's like, well, what are you passionate about? Let's find yeah. that. Cause that's, what's going to ignite you. Yeah. Authenticity, authentic totally. excitement turns totally. it all on. Right. Totally. So, so with this, when, when did you start channeling thought? So shortly after connecting to my magic, I love this, the, the way you're asking questions because it's lining up so perfectly. Um, it's almost like I, we're channels. It's, it's almost like we're channels, just <laughs> in the flow. <laughs> Shortly after connecting to my magic, um, which was in September of 2015, on October, fir- October 1st, 2015, I was actually at a marketing workshop and wasn't doing anything remotely quote unquote spiritual. And I was just listening to the speaker talk. And then suddenly out of nowhere, this giant gold body of light shows up next to me to my left. And, and I had to do like a double take and immediately my heart recognized who it was. And, you know, and I had already at that point heard of um, the Emerald tablets and the book of Thoth and things like that. So I had an idea and I just so happened to have a cat named Thoth which was what I discovered Thoth's way of leaving a breadcrumb trail for me of what's going to happen in my life. And I didn't know he pronounced his name Thoth. And so this gold body of light shows up and I look at him and I was just like, yo, you're Thoth. You know, like, what are you doing here? And he was like, just watch. And I was like, okay. And we're watching the speaker talk. And as I'm observing the speaker inside myself, in a subtle way, I was also judging the speaker. And I was judging the speaker for not being authentic enough because I saw that inside he's this really like goofy and silly kind of guy, but he was talking very monotone and just like blah, blah, blah. And, and so I was judging him. And then Thoth began to speak to me telepathically. And he was like, you know, there's more than one way of being authentic. He may not be embodied in his, in his soul's true personality, but he's speaking from his heart and that's authentic. And I was just like, whoa, I respect, you know, and it was like, that was a moment like, okay, cool. And then I'm like, so what are you doing here? And he's like, we're going to be working together. And that began the journey. (laughs) That began the journey. Okay. And like, so, because there's been a lot that's happened since then. And over the last year you had kind of, you know, or maybe longer than that, you had kind of stepped away from that, like the trance, going to trance. Can you share a little bit more about like kind of what, what that journey was like? the stepping away part. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, because you started trans channeling, right. Thoth, yeah. And at what point did you understand your relationship? It, it was definitely over time. I don't really remember when it happened specifically. Cause it was kind of like puzzle pieces were dropping in bit by totally. bit, the more that I harmonized with this frequency. Um, you know, so I, so this is in 2015. And then it was around 2021 that I, let's just say, graduated from the way that I was working with him. And, you know, it was, it was a really, working with Thoth was both an incredibly magical, life-changing, next-level, whoa kind of journey, and it was extremely challenging. You know, he would trigger the shit out of me. And, you know, he... Because, you know, what people often experience, 
is the channel. You know, you ask a question, you get a response. And so they're just like, whoa, wisdom changes my life. Cool. What they don't often experience yet is the relationship, you know, because there isn't a very real relationship that happens, as you know. And the relationship at times was very challenging. You know, he very much represented to me the divine masculine. And where I had a lot of wounding was around with my father. And there were certain ways in which Thoth reminded me of my father, but a better version, a, a purer version. And so he would definitely surface a lot of my triggers and wounds and, and just help me move, from them with, move through them with the utmost unconditional love. And so at some point, a big part of our training around 2020 is he started to train me in not going. So what used to happen is I would go into trance and I would allow his energy in. And it kind of felt like I would go into the backseat of the car of my consciousness. And then he would take the steering wheel and speak through me. And at some point he started to tell me, he's like, don't go in the backseat. He's like, when you feel my energy come in, he's like, remain present. And it was challenging because it felt like it just felt so good to let go. It just felt like, you know, getting almost like intoxicating, you know, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, and he kept saying to me, he's like, you know, remain in your energy. He's like, something's trying to happen here. He's like, instead of going into the trance, he's like, just allow me to appear through you. The more natural you are, the more naturally I can express myself through you. And so I started to play with this idea. And then finally, at some point, I managed to train myself to, well, what I would first do is I would, before going into trance and going to the channeling state is I would just feel my core vibration. I would sit and feel my body and my core vibration and stimulate it and anchor it. And then so as soon as he would start to come in, I wouldn't lose track of that. I would remain powerful with him, so to speak. And then through doing that, a certain merge happened where there was a kind of divine union, if you want to call it that, where from that point forward, I no longer needed to go into trance state. I would just effortlessly shift between David and Thoth. And I didn't care if people knew who the messenger was as long as they get the message. Right. (laughs) And, And so through that, at some point, that just elevated my vibration to a new peak. And then at some point, there was just this graduation where I no longer needed to channel him in that way anymore. And I just learned, I started to learn new things and I stopped working with spirit guides for a period of time and, and other beings. And I simply got to a space where I was able to allow source to move through me instead of needing to tune into anything. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's kind of how the, the evolution looked. And now it seems like another chapter starting. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I know we've talked about that like in our own conversations, but can you share more about what the new chapter is? <laughs> totally. So I thought my journey with Thoth was done. And, you know, it was just, it felt like a graduation. It felt like a completion. And it was kind of like, cool, you graduated. Now you, you're just, just pure beingness, basically. You don't need to channel other beings. Um, in fact, one of the messages I kept getting was, or the message that came through me was, I no longer channel other beings. I only channel love, which I didn't recognize was a coded message because it doesn't mean that other beings are not love, but it was a, 
coded message in the sense that other beings, meaning I don't need to plug into other beings and use their gifts and abilities. I can step into the love of myself and allow for my own magic to come through without needing to use their gifts and abilities. And if they want to work in concert with me, that's perfectly cool too. But I'm not using them anymore. They're not my training wheels. And so, so yeah, so I thought I was done with thought. And then months had gone by, um, pretty much actually a year had gone by since my last interaction with him. And then recently, about a week or so ago, right the day that we spoke, <laughs> I was ran very randomly on a, well, I was, I was on a conversation with my, with my friend, O. And we were just talking about all kinds of things. And it was a very expansive and heart opening conversation. And we weren't talking about anything thoth at all. And then out of nowhere, at some point, again, my vibration started to hit this peak. And then suddenly I started to feel thoth's energy just come in so strong. And I hadn't felt that in so long. And it was a little um, intimidating and off-putting. And I, and I even got scared because I was like, I'm like, no, I thought I was done with this. And and in hindsight, you know, I guess those fears came from the wound that it triggered of my father leaving. And, you know, so when Thoth was no longer in my life, it kind of felt like I had to make peace with my father figure leaving. And so when he came back, it just started to, it was, there was wounds coming up of like, oh, well, what are you doing back? You're just going to leave again. And I had to work through that, you know, and, and you and I spoke about that. It was, it was very triggering for me. And, you know, he mentioned that he was interested in what I'm creating, um, the art of true transformation, you know, where I'm going to be showing other people how to transform lives in a powerful way. And he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm interested in that. Let's do it. And I was like, no, this is my thing. <laughs> you know, like, while at the same time, also knowing that there's no separation between he and I, you know, mm. my ego is going, this is my thing, stay out of it. But my truth knows that this is just an aspect of my higher self. This is another frequency, you know, of my spectrum. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, yeah, so I've did the exploring around that, dissolved the triggers. Um, I brought myself through a process and now I'm super excited to work with that. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, I can totally re- relate to just like the, that relationship. And, and for me, it, it triggered my, my parental wounds as well. And there was just like, and for a while, I think that's why I was so, uh, like, I didn't tell anybody, I didn't want anybody in on what was going on because it felt like such a personal process for me because it was helping me move through all that stuff. And I was like, this is like this sacred bubble I need to be in while I'm moving through it, you know? Um, and for me, like with a lot of divine feminine energies and mother stuff. Uh, and I think that relationship this is why I love talking to you. Cause it's like, it's just such a, I don't even know how to describe it to people like the relationship I have with, with the energies that, that I channel, because it is like, for me, I mean, it's just so sacred. And to me, it's beyond, I don't know. I never had that relationship with my parents where that that I see other people have, where they're super close and that level Mm. of connection. And I just can't imagine, like, I've never had a relationship like this before that is that is mm. so loving so deep like tr- it was very triggering for me at the beginning because i didn't trust it because mm. i had never i mean i would just be moved to tears of like i've never felt this amount of i mean it's just pure love right it's it's pure divine love and i had to really move 
through that. And, and then, and then I was like, wow, this exists. I want to keep it safe. Just, just me and just me and you guys. Right. Like, I don't want anybody in on this. I don't want anybody to ever affect this because I love this. Right. And so I was like moving through all of that myself. And it's something that I felt, and, and we had talked about this, like, you know, I didn't really know any other trance channels. Uh, and I just felt like the experience for me with trance channeling was just a very different thing than, than when I was consciously channeling or mm. channeling my higher self. Um, and so, you know, kind of connecting with you and some other trans channels definitely helped me, uh, just, you know, other people got it, but it, yeah, it's, it's, I think a little difficult to articulate, but I know you can. Yeah. It, it, is, it. A tr- it, it is a tricky thing, you know, because on one level, it's a relationship like any other relationship where you go through ups and downs or usually the human us yeah. goes through the ups and downs. They just kind of watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so on one level, it's a relationship. And on, on another level, it's, it's a relationship with such a divine being, meaning just unconditional, you know, it, it is the experience of unconditional love. And, you know, and as we know, true love is a great revealer, right? It's, it's going to reveal anything inside yourself that is not love so that you have the opportunity to, uh, to alchemize it into love, you know? So it's, so that could be very difficult to be friends with someone or being that is of that kind of vibration. Cause it's both your highest desire to be the highest love possible, at least in most cases, and your greatest challenge point, because we have so many unconscious wounds that a lot of times we, you know, sometimes we think, oh no, I'm good now. Right. And then all it takes is just like, it's back. It's back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think like, like for me, it goes back to that receiving thing we talked about. Like, can I let myself receive this unconditional unconditional love. And then I found myself in my patterns that I used to do with, with people in my life where I would like intentionally push them away or like I would push them away basically to prove to myself they're not coming back. Right. Mm. But like, they're always there. Like there's nothing I could do that would you know, make them not love me anymore. Um, so that was, that was really healing for me as well. And then it was this facing my human, my humanness in a different way where for me, just like the instant, all of the memories coming on and just knowing, oh, this is why I came here. This is what I'm here to do. This is the timeline. This is what's getting done and taking my seat at the table, right? Like taking my seat at the table mm-hmm. with them. And when I'm in full awareness of, of, you know, the path and why I came here and, you know, what I need to know now, I can't bullshit myself anymore and be like, I don't know. Right. And then I like play this battle, just like being honest, right. This battle with my human of like, Oh, I don't know, because that's my fear. Right. And then right next to it, I'm like, you're, you're not afraid. And you know exactly what to do. Like, and it's just like watching that, that, you know, and really that for me was the real, like facing my own bullshit that Mm -hmm. has been really helpful. Totally. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I get you. (laughs) Um, Well, I'm excited to see what, you know, what unfolds with this next iteration of of channeling thought. And, uh, you know, we had talked about, I feel like that's, I feel like many people are kind of coming back into that just because it's just different types of information, right? Like different ways of, of sharing things coming through. Yeah. You know, and I, and I feel like one of the 
important things to speak into. I was a message I was getting as as we were talking was the importance of not putting them on a pedestal. Yes. Right. And I didn't notice, like I did it very subtly. Um, when I, I said something just before about, you know, we're in a relationship, but they're also these divine beings. And suddenly in my, vi- subtly in my vibration, there was a so pedestal. You. <laughs> right. You know, and then, yeah. and then literally I got the message came in, Thoth came in. He was just like, don't pedestal us. He's like, we're just friends on the other side of the veil. It's as simple as that. And it's, you know, so it's, it's such a good thing to keep in mind. You know, this reminds me of when I first started channeling my spirit guides. I don't know what it was like for you, but I remember for me, the beginning chapters were just on a whole other level of magical because it was just like, it felt like you had like every gift in the world before you started to refine it, at least for me, you know? Yeah. And, and in the beginning, it was a lot of, just get out the way and let the guides teach through me. And at some point, so the, so I used to teach these energy and intuition classes where people would come to my living room and then I'd get out the way, let the guides speak and teach the classes. And I remember my mindset at the time was like, oh, this is amazing. I literally don't have to do anything. I just sit, sit here, get out the way and let them teach. And then at some point, I remember in one of my classes, I went to, you know, the class showed up and then I went to start the class. I'm like, all right, what are we doing today? And I didn't hear any guides. And I was like, what are we doing? And nothing. And then I was like, I was thrown off and I was like, and all of a sudden I felt insecure and and very, and so I went into my vulnerability and then I was like, okay, for some reason the guides aren't there. And then slowly I started to remember, I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, I had strengths before I learned how to channel. Like I had ways of communicating and teaching way before the guides came in. I just lost touch with that. So I started to speak from my heart, which is obviously essential, but it's like something I had forgot about. So I started to just speak from my heart and share whatever was present. And that was very helpful and transformational. And as I did, then the guides came back in and then they would, and then they started to complement what I was teaching from my heart. And then they reminded me, they're like, Remember, our purpose is to help you become a better guide of yourself. And so don't pedestal us or um, overvalue us at the expense of yourself. It's through your own value of yourself that we could best serve and support you. And that was just something that stayed with me for so long because I was totally pedestaling them and losing track of my own value. And it's so essential to remember that, you know, they're wanting to support our shine, not replace it. Yeah. Well, it's like any guide in our lives, right? I mean, I think about like, I don't know, teachers in school that I really loved. Like the, the point wasn't that they're always my teacher. Like as I got older that I have, I had teachers that I was really close to when I was young. And as I've gotten older, it's like, you know, we're just equals, you know, it's, it's yeah. not like they're always on a pedestal. Like they were guiding me and then I get to a place I'm, you know, I'm an adult. I know more. I know myself. And we just have a collaborative communication. And so it's like, it's the same thing. It's just physical versus non-physical, which doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's an illusion anyway. Uh, totally. totally. <laughs> well, I, I want to make sure we talk about like this new offering you're, you're stepping into and And what I think is really important for anybody listening is like David has helped facilitate so many instantaneous healings. (laughs) Uh, so many, 
And I think that's really important for people to know in terms of expanding our belief around what's possible, because mm-hmm. to me, like that's something that I've seen so many times. And so it's not even a question for me that that's possible, but I know I, I meet people all the time who like, they literally just don't believe that can be done. Like, no, this has mm-hmm. to take years or this is, this is incurable. This is untreatable. And we've talked about this, like, you know, my journey with it. And I love what you had said about, what was it that you said about, um, what is it? In- incurable? <laughs> oh, um, yeah. The word incurable simply means curable from within. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Boom. Right. So <laughs> when you started like seeing that in, you know, with people you're working with, what what was that like? And what do you feel like helps people facilitate that type of transformation? Like step into that. Like if there's somebody who mm. is um, working with their gifts, their modalities, and they're like, you know, I'm helping people, but I, I want to step to the place where in one session we can, we can help shift this. We can help, you know, this person heal themselves. Like what's, how do they get from here to there? Like what's the missing piece? Such a good question. And, you know, it's definitely a training and a process. Um, so, you know, just because I, I don't want to water it down at all. And at the same time, like I, I'm, I'm happy to speak into the principles and the foundation of it. So, you know, my introduction to change work was primarily through a man named Richard Bandler, who is the creator of NLP, for anyone who might be familiar with NLP. And I was just interested in the dude because I was a hypnotist. And so I was looking at other hypnotists. I wasn't necessarily looking to um, change people's lives at that point in my life. I was busy focused on being a celebrity. And but I was just interested in him. And so my first introduction to change work through Richard Bandler was that change is meant to be quick and easy. That was the fundamental belief. And he would talk about how so many therapists and psychologists believe that change needs to take a long time and be hard and be painful. And he's like, he's like, that's bullshit. He's like, change can be quick and easy. And, and I could show you. And so that became my fundamental belief. And I used to listen to his hypnosis audio tracks. So, you know, God knows how much more God instilled within me that I'm not aware of. Um, but that was my fund- fundamental belief. And then from that point, as I did get into serving and helping people, because I knew that was supposed to be normal, like that, I didn't have any other option in my head. That's how I approached things. I, I approached things from the understanding that if you come to me with an issue, you're not going to have to come back to me or go to anyone else for the same issue. doesn't matter what it is. And that's been my track record. And so for me, it's, you know, it's a blend of, it's a Trinity. It's a blend of love, skill, and wisdom, right? That is what's required to facilitate true transformation. The love piece is obvious, you know, but when I say love, I mean your ability to truly radiate love so that when someone is in your presence, they immediately feel safe. They might experience spontaneous healing. You know, it, it just raises their vibration just through your beingness, you know, which requires dissolving the protections around your heart and liberating your shine, so on and so forth. So there's the love piece. The skill piece is whatever your modalities might be. For me, that's hypnosis. That's my strongest modality is I'm a very skilled hypnotist. And so, but you might be a Reiki practitioner or a breathwork practitioner or whatever it might be, but it's whatever your skills at, you know, it's 
it helps to have skills that you know how to navigate people's triggers and resistances and so on and so forth and, and wounds. And then the wisdom piece is, well, you've walked the walk, right? You've done these things yourself. You're not just trying to help others because you don't know how to help yourself, which is something that I see quite often. You're, you're, you're sharing from things that you've embodied yourself, paths that you've walked yourself. And so when you blend love, skill, and wisdom, it allows you to approach literally anything, any, you know, any trauma. I've had, I've had women who were, it makes me upset when I think about it, but like I've had, I've had women who were raped by 10 men at a time. And I've had people who had abandonment issues and, you know, and it, and I've even had incurable disease, incurable diseases. And it didn't matter if it was a trauma or a disease, we were able to permanently release it in one session, which was generally about 60 to 90 minutes, you know, and, and not just alleviate it, but get them excited and lit again, you know, because it's, it's, it's liberating the wound. And so, so more, most often, I, I like to give this analogy is, the wound that people carry inside themselves, let's just imagine it's a color. And usually if I ask them to tell me what color is it, 99% of the time, it'll be a dark color, you know, dark green, dark red, whatever it is. And so the idea isn't to get rid of the color that's causing them pain. It's to enlighten it, you know, to bring love and purity into it again, so that whenever they do return to this feeling, it's not gone. It's just liberated. It's enlightened. And now it's full of good feelings and good memories and good associations. And so that's part of what allows it to be a lasting transformation and not something that goes back to the old. And, you know, and the same thing applies for um, when I've worked with incurable diseases is it was about identifying through, you know, so it's, it's basically a combination of, of source channeling and hypnosis principles that I use. And through identifying the core energetic or emotional cause to whatever it is they might be experiencing. Well, now I know the root. And through, again, love, skill, and wisdom, we're able to liberate and enlighten it. And then they have spontaneous healings occur. You know, and I've done this with people who have gallstones, people who have epilepsy, uh, people uh, who have herpes, you know, all these things that, are, that we've been told are incurable. But again, just simply means curable from within. So beautiful. And I'll just say the, there's the line you said earlier, you said like liberating your shine. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I'm like, oh. do you have a course called, I'm like, you need, there needs to be something called that. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Like, I mean, that's kind of what living magic is all about. Right? Yeah. I just like, it gave me full chills. Well, so my question is, and and I'll share from my experience, like I've had a lot of people who come in and we can clear things instantaneously. Right. Um, and then some people it's like same, I'm doing the same work, but it doesn't go away instantaneously. And the thing that I see is if that happens is, um, cause not me doing it. Right. But mm -hmm. it's like, what, what I'll see is that like, is that person really fully ready? Like subconsciously, energetically to let it go. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and that can be a block that I see coming up. And so just like, like moving through that then usually clears it. I'm just curious, do you see like, um, has there been any way that's come in and, you know, hoping to, to heal something, clear something, um, big or, you know, shift something. And it's just not, it's not sticking in that single session. And like, do you see what that block potentially is or where it might get stickier or take longer? Such a great question. You know, so two things. One is when people come to me for support, I'm very aware of what they actually need versus what they think they need. Mm -hmm. So, you know, someone might come to me and be like, I remember years ago, I had a client and who was just like, I'm like, all right, you know, what do you want to explore today? And they're like, oh, like, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm not accepted by people or, or, or I get judged by people. And I was like, I'm like, nope, that's not it. <laughs> and then he told me another problem, you know, it's like, oh, I'm overweight and I don't know how to lose weight. I'm like, nope, that's not it. And he, and he, and I didn't know why I was saying this, this was intuitive, but he gave me a whole list of problems. And then eventually once he was exhausted and he started to get frustrated at me, because, you know, like I'm coming to help and he keeps telling me this isn't my problem. At, at some po point, once he exhausted his options, I said, your problem is that you don't know what your problem is. And then that it just hit him so hard. And he was just like, it's like, yeah, he's like, I don't know what it is I'm trying to fix or heal, but I'm just coming up with things so that I can, you know, so I share that story to say, like, I'm very thorough and good at really identifying like what's actually needing to happen inside of them that will also liberate all the things that they think they need help with, but to go straight to the core. And secondly, is I find it's really essential to make sure our, the transformation that we offer them is conscious. And what I mean by that is, so for example, the reason why a lot of people um, will have incomplete experiences with hypnotherapists is because it's purely done in trance. You know, they'll put the person in trance, get the unconscious mind to do all the work and changes. And then when the person wakes up, they feel like only a minute or two has passed if it was a really good trance. And then, then they're like, oh, I feel better. Okay. I don't know what changed, but I feel better. And then as they kind of go and go about their everyday lives, because that change wasn't made conscious, well, now they're, they have old reference points to use. And, and so they start to re-trigger themselves. So I'm really thorough on making sure they're conscious of absolutely everything that's happening and, and what we're doing, um, integrating it in the moment. And I'm also very big on testing my work right there in the moment. So once we've completed something and it feels good, then I'll test them. I'll, I'll try and re-trigger them. I'll tell them, think about that thing again. Try this, try that, keep trying. And sometimes they'll be afraid to test it because like, they're like, oh, well, no, no, now I feel good. I'm like, no, no, because I don't want you to leave here. And then a week later, something comes up. We're going to test it right now so that you feel certain and complete that this is truly a true transformation for you. Mm. And so, so I call that um, future pacing. You know, it's we, we project different things in the future that could happen and make sure that they're still complete. Okay. Love that. Yeah. I've had that experience with a hypnotherapist before. Like it helped me a little bit. I was like, I had some, some fears that I was trying to clear out and it like wasn't sticking. And then I decided to just start like doing my own stuff in my records and it went away. Cause I was like awake. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, and I was like, 
seeing it. Yeah. So that totally resonates for me. Is hypnotherapy, hypnotherapy different than like the hypnosis? What's the difference between like hypnosis you do and hypnotherapy? So I always tell people that going to see a hypnotist is like going to see a hairdresser. Mm -hmm. No two hairdressers are alike. Mm -hmm. Right. They're just, they're using a set of tools to, to get a certain job done. So hypnosis is simply a tool. And my relationship to hypnosis comes a lot from my other lifetimes, you know, so it's, I, which I know now. And so the way I relate to hypnosis is very different than pretty much every other hypnotist I've met. So from my perspective, hypnosis is the language of awakening. And it's a, it's a way of transforming your communication into a transformational journey of some sort. Um, by speaking to a person on all the levels and hitting all the right places. Generally, what happens is, you know, because a lot of my students are from uh, HMI, which is the big hypnotherapy school, um, or NGH, which is the big institution. A lot of times what happens, they go to these schools and they're taught hypnosis from an old textbook, from someone who's just learned to teach things the way they were taught which again goes back to modality versus mastery. And so they're taught a very outdated version of westernized hypnosis. And so they're usually taught how to do hypnosis, but they're not taught how to be a hypnotist. Two very different things. I could show you how to swing a sword, but that doesn't make you a swordsman. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And so that's where there's expansion possible in the field of hypnosis. And that's part of what I, you know, I I love to bring. Um, Because, you know, as much as I've learned from Western hypnosis, I also explored hypnosis deep in trance and reclaimed a lot of stuff from from past lives and, um, and have seen things, you know, the the ancient, well, they, they didn't necessarily call themselves hypnotists, but the shamans, the ancient shamans, part of the way that they would do hypnosis is they would do these dances where they would build up their vibration in a particular kind of way for whatever purpose they're wanting to serve with their client. <laughs> Not that they call them clients, but <laughs> <laughs> their patients. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, I like the word allies. Yeah. So they would build up their vibration through a certain dance, which would entrance the person watching because they didn't know what was happening. It was very much a pattern interrupt. And then at a certain moment, they would know to grab the person in a kind of way and push that energy into them and they would drop into a trance. And so it was wordless. You know, it was embodied hypnosis and leading them to a space with intention because the true purpose of hypnosis is to help people better understand who they are. That's it. At the core of your being. That's why... When you see, let's see, uh, a hypnotist, like if you were to watch my street hypnosis videos on YouTube, you could see someone who I go up to who's very like shy and insecure and, and guarded. But when I hypnotize them, suddenly they liberate their shine. And suddenly they're, they're no longer insecure. They're the most fully expressed version of themselves and they're animated and they're loud, right? That's because, again, the purpose is to help you remember and understand who you truly are. So when you go into that trance, you're recovering yourself. It's an instant healing. And that's why I call it the language of awakening. So 
my approach is very different than most. <laughs> yeah, very different. Is there so, is there something that makes somebody more easily hypnotized? Yes and no. It depends for what. So if we're talking about for change work, mm-hmm. then absolutely absolutely everybody can experience hypnosis if the hypnotist is performing it correctly. Meaning the hypnotist knows how to be a hypnotist, not just do hypnosis. Um, because it, in that context, it's really just about creating a very powerful resonance field that leads people on a very enjoyable journey that they love to expand through. And it doesn't necessarily require an unconscious trance to, um, to facilitate. Not that you're ever actually unconscious when you're in a trance. On the flip side, um, if you're doing street hypnosis, if you're doing entertainment hypnosis, then you know, where you want to have people cluck like a chicken or believe that you're Drake or whatever case may be, everyone can be hypnotized, but not everyone's ready to be hypnotized. You know, so there's a, there's a certain, there's certain things that I look for when I'm in the street, you know, I look for when I'm in the street, (laughs) (laughs) when I'm in the street, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) there's there's certain things I look for, you know, and (laughs) would you pick me out? Actually, yeah, I totally would. Because you have, the sparkle. What? you have the sparkle in your eye. Oh, thanks. That, totally. I, yeah. so what I look for is people who I know would appreciate a magical moment hmm. and who aren't going to be all, oh, 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 impress me, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Right? I look for people who are going to appreciate it. Because what I always remind others on the street is, it's not, it's not me hypnotizing you. We're, we're in a dance together. And for me, since it is the language of awakening, I'm offering you a gift and it's a gift of access to more of your consciousness and it's your consciousness. So you deserve to have access to more of it. So when you approach it from the energy of, Hey, I want to offer you a gift as opposed to, I want to have power over you. People are going to open up in a different kind of way. And so I look for people who are going to appreciate a gift. And then through that, I just kind of dance with them and I start to look for who's genuinely most captivated by where I'm going. And it's usually revealed physically by a certain sparkle in their eye. And when I have that, I'm like, okay, you're about to experience the magic. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It's, I, I was, I mean, I've seen some of your videos uh, when you're, you know, walking out on the streets, picking people out. And I always wonder, I'm like, what is he looking for? So, <laughs> yeah, I love that you asked me that. It's not something I, I share very often. Actually, most of the things we spoke about on here are pretty exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's that's what I. That's always my intention going into podcasting. I've talked about this before on the show. I'm like, my intention. I always sit and I'm like, I hope that the things that come up here, the my my guest hasn't spoken about before. We t- we talk about it in a different way. I want both of us to leave the conversation feeling like we are expanded. We, we learn something about each other, about ourselves. Mm. So that means a lot to me that you said that. So oh, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad we got to go some places. I mean, I could talk to you forever. Uh, <laughs> we have so many things we could talk about, but as we wrap this up, I would love for you to share a little bit more about your, your newest offering, um, and, and who it's for and how people can, can step into it. Yeah, definitely. So you know, my newest offering is called The Art of True Transformation, which is a nine-month group experience that is starting in April, April 28th. And it's specifically for 
change makers. It's for spiritual coaches, hypnotherapists, light workers, facilitators, um, who are really wanting to develop true confidence in their intuitive gifts and learn how to permanently liberate any trauma or blockage in one session, especially where other people couldn't, you know, cause that's, that's the part that gets my heart is, you know, we've talked about this is the person who has the resources and they go from healer to healer, from hypnotherapist to life coach, and they still can't get the help that they're looking for. You know, there's no reason why people shouldn't experience mind blowing sessions and lasting transformations every single time they come to you. And so that's what I want to share with people. Um, the information about it is on my website, which is www.livingmagic.life. And, and yeah, and it's essentially a journey of me calling forth your mastery. So yes, I'm going to be teaching and providing you with certain modalities, such as um, how to do rapid and effective hypnosis and how to open up your channel and how to do emotional healing. So those are certain modalities that are offered. And the, the core of it is calling forth your mastery because there's something that you can do that is unique to me that I can't do. And so I just want to call forth that everybody shine so that we can all serve in the way that we're destined to. Absolutely. Love it. I'm sure there are many people in the audience that are going to feel really called to that. So we'll put, we'll put that link in the show notes. Then where else can people connect with you further? Yeah. So I'm pretty active on Instagram, which is at davidlion.love. I have a YouTube channel as well, which is David Lion. Same thing on Facebook. And yeah, those are my main places. David Lion everywhere. All right. Well, all of that will be in the show notes. And this was so much fun. Thank you again for coming on. I, I really appreciate you sharing all of your, your wisdom and your energy and your magic. So thank you again, David. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. And thank you to everyone for listening. Huge thank you to David for coming on the podcast. Isn't he just the best? I adore him. So if you want to connect further with David, be sure to reach out to him on Instagram at davidlion.love. You can head to his website, livingmagic.life and also search for him on YouTube. All of his links will be in the show notes below, especially if you want to step into his newest offering, The Art of True Transformation, which is going to be so incredible. If you did enjoy this episode, be sure to take a screenshot and share it to social media. You can tag me, tag at Christina Channel Pod and tag David so we can say thank you and repost you. Always appreciate those shares so, so much. If you did enjoy the episode, and you haven't already, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. It is the best way to support the show and help other people find the content and join our community. So I always appreciate that so much. Thank you for taking that extra 30 seconds to to support the podcast. And that's going to be it for today's show. So thank you again so much for tuning in. I hope you have an incredible rest of your day and I will chat with you again next time.